Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. we got a special episode for you. This started to be, so what I was trying to do, is do our USC versus Notre Dame pregame show. We're still going to do that. I might put that up a little bit later. This is Wednesday. I might put it up a little bit later this evening or early Thursday morning. Uh, we're going to have Tim O'Malley, who does a great job covering the Fighting Irish for Irish Illustrated, that's the the uh, Notre Dame site here on the 24-7 Sports Network. And then I usually answer some of your questions and things like that. I had to get a little curveball this week. So part of that show was going to be talking with former USC tailback Delon Washington because it's Notre Dame week. And you know, back in 1996, he was a big reason why USC broke that 13-game unbeaten streak to the Fighting Irish. So we thought we'd have him come in the studio and chat for about 20 minutes or so. Well, it ended up being a lot more than that. It was over an hour. So we're going to do it as its own podcast. Man, he had a lot of interesting things to say. We'll play the entire interview for you coming up here in a couple minutes. But I just wanted to let you know that the plan was it was going to be part of our preview podcast, but he was just too good. Some great stuff. Uh, He ended up you know, graduating, going back and getting his master's. He talks about the recruiting process coming from Texas to USC, of course, what that win over Notre Dame meant to him and kind of how he set things up uh, in 1995 where he didn't have a great game against Notre Dame and really was able to uh, turn that around in 1996, playing with guys like, you know, Keyshawn Johnson. So there's some really interesting stories from DeLon Washington. He's doing great work in the community, uh, you know, uh, got some great kids. So it's fun. It's It's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it talking to Delon Washington. Uh, before you have any questions or comments for the show in general, you can always email us podcast at uscfootball.com or if you'd like to call or text us, the number is 424-254-9141. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the Peristyle Podcast. And you know, a five-star rating is always awesome. We love those. Giving some kind of positive review. Those are great too. Tell your friends about the Peristyle Podcast. We do appreciate you doing that, helping us share the show. I do want to tell you about another podcast. With USC being 11-point road dogs this week, this game doesn't have the massive buildup around it like maybe some of the other great USC-Notre Dame matchups of the past. The craziest lead-up I've ever experienced for one of these games was that Bush-Push game Back in 2005, you guys remember that? That was a crazy week. It almost felt like there was no way the actual game could ever live up to the hype, but man, it did and exceeded it. If you want to relive that game and all the chaos surrounding it, I recommend you listen to the Bush Push podcast. So they have voice actors portraying players, coaches, and personalities on both sidelines. It's a six-episode podcast that will take you back to South Bend in 2005 when Pete Carroll's USC juggernaut was riding a 27-game win streak. Now, they were colliding with Charlie Weiss's-led Notre Dame team that was in the midst of, quote, returning to glory. The Bush Push is premiering this week, so make sure you track it down wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
All right, we are going to take a quick break and come back with a full interview with Delon Washington, one of the stars of that USC Notre Dame game back in 1996. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Got a very special guest in studio. If you're a USC fan, you've been around a while, a little before the Pete Carroll days, you might remember the name DeLon Washington. He played at USC 1994, 95, 96, 97, won a Rose Bowl, played with guys like Keyshawn Johnson, Broke the streak with Notre Dame, the 13-game non-winning streak that USC fans just hated for over a decade. He's a big reason why USC was able to get that win. We want to talk about talk about his career and what's been going on, what he's doing now in his life since it's Notre Dame week. It's a big week around USC. So welcome in, Delon Washington. Delon, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Of course. Uh, you know, this is a uh, probably a little different. It's been a few years since your your playing days. It seems like it go by faster. <laughs> Yes, it's been uh, quite an experience, man. I mean, just the opportunity to come in and, and give you guys a outlook of what's going on with me. It's, it's great. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad for, that you could come in. We got to meet for the first time. Uh, up, uh, Sean Canale set it up at the San Gabriel Valley uh, Trojan Club. So we were both speaking up there and uh but i think we both got shadowed by dr bartner who did you know who kind of took over <laughs> he i saw him yesterday uh, this week at, at practice i saw him tuesday at practice and i couldn't believe because we had him on our podcast me and dan weber uh we had him on we went into his office and had him on it was great everybody loved it and he didn't really like all the focus and attention on him but then talking to him he, you know, he thought it was awesome. Everyone we talked to from the band, they're like, this is great. It was great that you got to expose Dr. Bartner, or not expose, but like show everyone what he's about. And then I get done from my, my talk, which I didn't think <laughs> hey, was terrible. And he calls me Mr. Doom I and Gloom noticed. and he keeps pointing at me. I mean, I mean, you were sitting right next to me. I'm like, I what's noticed. going on here? I noticed. I mean, I think he was kind of happy about it, but in, in a way, hey, it's supposed to be secretive of what we're talking about, kind of personal. But, uh, you know, it's good to see him, you know, see how he's doing. And uh, he, I'm hating he's leaving yeah. in, in May. So, uh, you know, it was great to see him and also uh, get a chance to uh, hear some of the things that he has going on. Was that uh, So when we talked to him, it was amazing. I'm sorry, this is like completely off, but since we were talking about him, um, Back in the day, what like Marv Goo like came to him when he first took over and was like, "Hey man, we got to make this the band and the football team like make it. You know, th- there has to be some synergy there, and they have to work together." Did you did did you feel that when you were a player at USC? 
Yes, you know, I've always, you know, uh, coming from Texas, uh, a, a football state, you know, I always want to be a part of a group that's like a brotherhood. So, yeah, I felt that way at SC. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's neat, the kind of uh, the really relationship between the band. and it, But anyway, he gave me a lot of crap. Uh, and he still give me crap, so I don't know. Somehow be, he's like, "That's your new nickname, Doom and Gloom." Like Doom Thanks. and Gloom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Bartner. But he's great. I've, I've really only got to know him this past year more uh, than than before. You know, like running to him every once in a while. But it was kind of cool to was see. Was that, that the but. first time that you guys uh, had a chance to just sit down with him and per- you no know, talk about just his his history with uh, SC and, and and the band? Yeah, when we did the we did the podcast, that was kind of the first time we got really mm-hmm. into it. So we went into his office, but then. Uh, Jake Olson, if you know that name, the yeah. the so Jake and I, for the Fresno state game, we introduced Dr. Bartner at his tailgate at USC. And there's been some other events, um, that we've done stuff with him, but the podcast was, was great. Like these are great situations where you can get down and sit, you know, talk to you, talk to whoever. Right. And uh, kind of get some more insight into him. So being in his office and seeing all the like cool stuff and have him telling stories was, it was pretty neat. I guess he's. I mean, he's out there, but he doesn't really, I guess he doesn't tell his story a lot. So it was nice to kind of get to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, when I had a a recruiting trip, and I think it was Keith Burns picked me up from the airport, and I've never heard this fight song. Oh, okay. (laughs) So he pops his tape in. I'm like, what is he? Is he going to play some rap music or some (laughs) R&B? And he turns this fight song. I'm like, what is this? This is the fight song. This is what you're going to be hearing for the next four years. So on the day of my recruiting trip here, I got introduced to the the fight song. And ever since, I've kind of been like, uh, that's part of my uh, routine. I have my kids listen to it. They like that. Is that what you listen to the whole life? I say, yeah. <laughs> it's part of being a USC Trojan. So that's a great story. Nice. Um, well, we want we'll to talk about how you became a USC Trojan. You mentioned coming from Texas, uh, Kimball High School, and now just, I, I let him know this before, just you know, behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, five thousand four hundred fifty yards and fifty five touchdowns when he was in high school. Now this is before like the wow. internet recruiting stuff. But I remember yes. this, you know, you know, I started USCfootball.com in 96, but I remember, you know, even following recruiting before then, 96. and you didn't realize like you had rushed for that many touchdowns and that many yards in high school. No, I didn't. Um, like I was saying, um, I was focused on football. I mean, again, uh, my brother was a big inspiration for me. He kind of pushed me each and every day for as working out, you know, focusing on, you know, academics and, and, and football, uh, it was kind of like he was my coach, my big brother, and my mentor. So it's kind of like you have to do what he says. Yeah. You know, I had a, a prep talk every morning. I would get a, either a call or he would come by, drop me off at school. Uh, but when I got to my senior year, I was driving myself. So uh, it was get like a call. Hey, man, what's going on? This is, we got game day today. Let's get ready. What's the focus? We need we need 150 by by halftime. So it was kind of like always putting um setting setting goals for me each and every week. And he was kind of like the person that kept tabs of the yards. Like I like you said, you you talked about the five fifty five hundred yards. I'm like, huh? Uh, did I? Did, I'm like, I don't know I know about that. I didn't even remember all that. So it's kind of uh he was my stat keeper. 
Yeah. He didn't want me to read the you the newspaper, didn't want me to get caught up into all what they're saying in the newspaper. So uh he kind of kept track of all that. And um you know, I appreciate that at the time because a lot of kids used to always care. Did you read the newspaper? I'd be like, no. <laughs> you had this. No, I didn't. This person over here is even rushed for 200 some yards. No, I didn't. I didn't read it. So, <laughs> um, well, I mean, you mentioned your brother, Benny, and, and he, you know, maybe if you want to tell the story, but when you were going through the process trying to choose between USC, Colorado, Michigan, he's, he's your coach and he's kind of helping you with this and, and just an un- I mean, just a terrible tragedy happens. And, and I, right. I, I don't know if that impacted your decision all as well or how did that all kind of work, work together? Well, when the recruiting process started, uh, you know, my parents, are, my dad has um, elementary education. My, my mother has also uh, like a junior high education. So it was kind of uh, introduced to me by – you know, other people like, hey, you know, take the process seriously, look at certain things. With my brother Benny, it was like, you know, we're looking at these different, we're looking at these schools. Let's get uh, a list of what we were looking for. And uh, kind of what we was looking for is like having uh, a minority coach there that you can relate to, a uh-huh. uh, good academic institution, and uh, somewhere where we can play. Um, and we narrowed it down to like USC, Michigan. Uh, we had we in uh, Colorado, but we also had others just in case. But we didn't want to stay in, in in Texas. But we took a visit just because we're a Texas native. We took a visit to Texas Tech, uh, and I think Texas Tech was recruiting a lot of guys out of Dallas. And one of the guys was Byron Hansbard, who uh, eventually uh, signed with Texas Tech. He had a great career with with Texas Tech. Yeah. So. Um, Benny was like my go-to guy each time I came from my visit. You know, he, what did you like about it? Uh, what you didn't like about it? I actually had a cousin that was going attending Michigan at the time. Okay. Uh, that was a receiver, Mercury Hayes. And he was like, he told me the same thing. He said, it's, it's about you. It's not about, you know, having your cousin here. It's not about having your friend here. It's about you because when you come here, you have to deal with the situation that you have at hand. So um, that was great to have him there to kind of show me, Hey, don't come here cause of me. Right. Yeah. Uh, so during the process, um, I think I took a visit to, to USC was my first visit and it was like, uh, students was on vacation and everybody was like, why are you doing it? Why was kids are on vacation? I was like, yeah, I wanted to get a chance to see what's it's like with people not around. I mean, you know, you look at the program, the movie program with Omar Epps and stuff when yeah. he went on a recruiting trip and you see all the cheerleaders and all that. <laughs> and I didn't want that. So when I got here and, and like I said, I, I got picked up from the airport by uh, Keith Burns, who was the uh, defensive back coach at the time, who recruited me. Uh, he was recruiting Texas or something. At the yes. Time, right? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, he he was a real funny guy. Loved him. Uh it was kind of like when I came here, it was like uh, Michael Phillips was actually a former teammate of mine through high school. So he was here. So okay. he actually kind of got a chance to host me, which was great. He got a chance to show me around. And, you know, and uh, I've, al- I've always had family and friends out here in L.A. growing up. My, my uncle and my had some cousins from L.A. Up, up north. So I had an opportunity to come out here. I just knew. Growing up, one day I might go to Florida or 
California. So California was like one of the uh, states that I wanted to, you know, look at trying to move to. Yeah. Uh, but again, when I came to SC, I wanted to be a, a computer engineer. <laughs> and I went to the computer engineer program and had a chance to, you know, see that. And I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. The campus is small. I don't have to walk all over <laughs> over here. So that was an, another thing that I looked at. And also, where can you go in, in the United States that you can do the mountains and the beach all in one yeah. day? So, and I still haven't went to the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> can see them. <laughs> you can see them, Although exactly. Back then, back then when we were in school, like I, was, I graduated in 93 undergrad and then 95 grad school. So I was around like when you were there too, right. but- you couldn't really see the mountains behind downtown. It was too small. Smoggy, yeah. yes, exactly. So, I mean, I had a chance to hang out, and I don't know. Uh, Prince had a club at the time. Oh, I shouldn't be saying. But Prince had a club <laughs> at the funny. time. Uh, here and uh, always like, oh, Prince, Prince. We got all these celebrities out here. And I wasn't uh, starstruck, but you had a lot of celebrities out here, and I can walk around and see. So I said, I think this might be the place. But still, I need to visit other schools and see what's, what happens. Uh, so when I came back, we talked about those uh, positive and negative with uh, SC. Uh, talked about different things. And they kept saying, I, I asked him, I said, well, who is this guy, Mike Garrett? Yeah. And I was like, he's like, Mike Garrett? Mike Garrett is the Heisman Trophy, man. <laughs> I was like, see – See, I don't, I don't, I didn't keep up with all that. So, right. and then you know, I had Charles White. I've heard the name of Charles White, but didn't nearly get it, get a, you know, chance to kind of look at the history. But the only two people that I really knew about was Heisman Trophy winners here at SC was OJ Simpson and Marcus. Marcus Allen. Allen yeah. I mean, so that was kind of like okay, Marcus Allen. <laughs> I didn't know the other two, but they kept saying, okay, you have the athletic director is Mike Garrett, and you have your running back coach will be Charles White. I'm like, Charles White, Charles White, Charles. Yeah. But I uh, got a chance to meet Charles, and it was great. Um, Colorado, I think it was Colorado, and then uh, Colorado was great. Um, yeah, they had won a championship just a couple years before yeah, they recruited, right? Yeah, yeah, and I had an opportunity to meet, uh, you know, Rashawn Salam, who eventually won the Heisman. Uh, there at Colorado and uh, Lamont Warren, who was also a back at the time that was leaving. And so got a chance to talk with them and, you know, to talk to them about the pros and cons. I also had a former teammate from high school that was the linebacker over at uh, Colorado. So it was kind of like getting his side of how yeah. Colorado and Boulder, Boulder, Colorado, not Denver, Colorado, but right. Boulder uh, beautiful, was. Beautiful town, beautiful area. Yeah. Great. Uh, and, I think my going into my sophomore year in high school, I had a chance to uh, go to a football camp in Colorado. So that was another thing that I I enjoyed the time when I was there as a as a sophomore. And I said, "Will I be able to enjoy it going to school there?" So um, it was a great experience. Had a great time. Um, and then my my last trip was Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech was. Uh, I had a great time. I had some guys from Texas, uh, from Dallas, my area, that hosted me, and it was a great opportunity to, you know, see how a Texas school was. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, at the time, I think Texas A&M, Texas, Texas was on that verge of uh, being on probation. 
So oh, okay. those are other issues that, you know, you looked at in the recruiting process. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you looked at all that? I said, yeah. I said, I had a brother that kind of kept up with all you know recruiting aspects and what, what things to look at and what things not to uh, look at. So those were some of the things that we looked at also. Um, we had every college to come by, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma uh, just didn't want to do the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. There. I think they was doing, you know, recruiting real, real, real well in in L.A. and also in uh, Dallas at the time. So um, Texas Tech had a few L.A. guys that was out there that I had a chance to run into and meet. And they like, we love it. You know, it's a different expect, a different uh, experience that you have coming from L.A. to Texas and stuff. And it's kind of slow. Yeah. That was a key thing about it. But my experience with the recruiting. Those three schools were um, on my list, and Notre Dame was on my list. I found out at Notre Dame that uh, one of the guys told me, he said, man, you, you have to go to Catholic school. I said, oh, is that right? I'm not Catholic, so I guess I won't go on a, on a visit. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, those three was on my list. So, eventually, um, I was deciding to make the, the jump to, to USC. It was going to be... Uh, one of those press conference things at school. My brother wanted to set it up, and those that they so one day I had track practice. So we was in the the, the uh, spring for track, and so I was tender practice that day. Came home, driving down the street. I didn't even get home that day. I was driving down the uh, main street towards my house, and I see I have a friend who jumps out in front of me and in front of my car, and I was like kind of swerved, and I was like, yo. Why are you jumping in front of my car? I could have hit you. Yeah. And he brings this news out, like, oh, your brother just got shot and killed. So uh -huh. I'm like, man, quit playing. And so as uh, a 17-year-old uh, driving home, just have all this excitement going on now, it's like, this guy is over here talking all this nonsense. So when I got home, no one was home. And it was like, well, nobody's home, so it can't be true. Yeah. So eventually I see my dad comes up from work, and I'm, and he's coming from the back because he parks his trucks. And I, I kind of remember this from the day uh, from the, from the day it happened. It's like he comes in, walking up to the front gate. I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah, why? What's up? I was like, yeah, I just, some, they just told me that, you know, Benny was shot and killed. And he said the same thing. Quit playing, man. So he didn't know. Either. He didn't yeah. know. So my mother was out of town. And uh, we was like, are you serious? And about six or seven minutes later, I see his car across the street. And, they were, and it's like, oh, there you go right there. So when the car crossed over the street to our house, it wasn't him. It was his friend that was in the car with him. And he's like, we just left the, the hospital and uh yeah, he, he's dead. Oh, so sorry. So that that night was kind of... Um, and you were right about to announce your... Right about to oh announce it, man. Like the, the highest of highs and the lowest. Yes. So it was like that night was like a lot of people coming by. The, the only thing that we had, well, my dad and myself and then my oldest brother, James, uh, we had it. Uh, my mother was out of town. That was the issue. Like, how do you tell your yeah. your, your mother who's out of town taking care of some of her relatives that are some, one of her sons. It's unimaginable. Yeah, yeah, so 
That night I talked to uh, Dennis Thurman. Oh, okay, yeah. He called and uh, no other coaches called. Um, KB called, but no other coaches from, you know, Colorado or Michigan. But Dennis Thurman called, hey, how you doing? You know, my Dallas Cowboy, uh, former Dallas Cowboy, blah, blah, blah. Be coaching at SC. Just want to call and check on you. So I'm doing good. Just, you know, my family, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I'm not, you know, you don't have to commit to tonight, tomorrow. You take your time, blah, blah, blah. He's like, so that at that time, I was like, you know what? I'm coming to SC to oh, get wow. away from this. So um, it wasn't just costing him, but it was just cost to, just to get away. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up my recruiting. I didn't even have the press conference, so we just basically just signed the papers and uh, came out to SC, man. Yeah. Did, do you think that's where Benny wanted you to go? Yes. Yes. Like I said, uh, the breakdown of not knowing the history. He knew the history. I mean, he knew. He knew who Mike Garrett was. He knew Mike Garrett was. <laughs> he knew who Charles White was. Uh you know, he educated me, you know, again, you know, he kind of kept me from the shadows. He kept me in the shadows from knowing all the the issues and what people were saying about it. He kept me from that. And I kind of appreciate that because, you know, as a young guy, you, you get caught up into the lights and the, the, the bragging and stuff throughout your city, especially with, with uh, Dallas, Texas being like a big football city you yeah. know it was kind of like ambivalent to each day like oh i didn't read the newspaper and everybody like oh you should you should look at i was like no i'm good so benny, benny will handle that yeah, yeah so he'll let me know how many yards i have and, and i didn't <laughs> even pay attention oh you just had 120 yards today okay right. <laughs> well he sounds like a, a great guy i'm sorry you you lost him so young no but i'm glad i'm it's, i mean you've turned out great it sounds like he had a really uh, an amazing influence on you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was it, it was a tragic um, incident, but you know we we kind of moved on, and you know it, I think he'll be proud of where I'm at right now. Um, he kind of predicted a lot of things. Like some things happened, some things didn't. Yeah, but uh, that's part of life, and um, you know I'm glad where I'm. I'm blessed to be where I'm at. Yeah. Well, thanks. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up. Uh, no, yeah, no. You know, it, it's good to to speak about things and and know the past and stuff instead of just holding it in. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, good memories of Benny. Yeah, which so, is great. most yeah. definitely, most yeah. definitely. Um, well, Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame week, and that's kind of why you know we're here. We're you know I want to talk about yes. <laughs> your career and stuff a little bit. There, you know, the '96. Um, so it's it's kind of weird because '95 was a better. I mean, winning the Rose Bowl and stuff is a you know a big deal. Beating Northwestern and uh, you know Pat Fitzgerald was the stud the linebacker who's now the head coach of, <laughs> of Northwestern. So you still have the, some of those ties. Yes, uh, I I had some friends because uh, I you know I was a recent college grad at the time. I had a bunch of friends that were like Northwestern grads living out here. They were you know working in the entertainment industry. Yes. My friend Julie Pleck is like the producer of like the Vampire Diaries, all these things. But what? you know, they were big Northwestern people, and they were just you know peons in the in uh, in the entertainment industry at the time. And a lot right. of them now are doing you know they're big time, but they loved North, you know they, like their team was in there. So I remember that that was a huge year for USC. But the the Notre Dame thing, like I know maybe if you want to talk about the Notre Dame game that year, some of the disappointments because it, it kind of which set things one? Up. <laughs> yeah. 
But so, it was a great, I mean, winning the Rose Bowl is a big deal, you know? The Rose Bowl was great. Um, you know, I, I, last week, you know, we had the, you know, the alumni dinner with San Gabriel Valley Alumni Club. And I, and I mentioned one, I always tell people, I hope, I hope it's not the Notre Dame game from 95. That they're they're they remember, <laughs> yeah. Because I had a a, a a hit where I fumbled, but I, I tell people that I've never, I, I never got the chance to clamp down on the ball. So yeah. <laughs> if anybody remember that game, a lot of people like ah, when I went home in Dallas, it was like, man, you got hit. Did you did you, were you hurt? Did you, did you did you feel a certain way? I said no. I mean. They hit the ball, and that's all I can say. <laughs> but you know, Notre Dame '96 was a, a year for for not just only me uh, to to redeem. I said we went out there in '95 and we lost, and we should have won that game. But in '96, we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, drama going on. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people may not remember that John Robinson at that time they were in that. Pr- in the talks of trying to get him out of here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I really love John because he came in and uh, got me from Dallas. You know, he could have got someone else around from Dallas, Texas, but he came all the way out there and he came to my home <laughs> and, and met me in my home. And, and, you know, it was like, we, we had this relationship. So um, if I wanted to say it like this, I wanted to finish my career with John yeah. instead of having another coach come in and, you know, have to deal with. I know some of the guys that came in with John had finished it. They were red shirted and then they had to finish with Paul Hackett. Right. So, but I, I wanted to, I was able to finish with him my senior year. So it was great. So I kind of had that going for, for me on that day. We played Notre Dame in 96 uh, a rivalry with a few guys that I played against in high school. I wanted to beat them. Yeah, you know, have that bragging right, and also the tradition that we had in that night, that thirteen year tradition that you know we we wanted to break, and you know I, I shared time the whole year, which was like uh, it was miserable at times because you want you know one game you might get thirteen carries, then the next game you get five carries. Yeah, well, ni- ninety five you had over that like uh, eleven hundred yards rushing. And uh, six touchdowns, and then the, the the numbers weren't as good the other years. But that that's when you were more the feature back, right? That year. Yeah, I guess I was the feature back. You uh, guess? Yeah, because you know what, uh, Ryan. I mean, it's like '95. Uh, I was supposed to be the third third string running back, and if they had this transfer portal that they had back then maybe I probably would have been in a transfer yeah. portal and I was telling somebody that the other day because you had Sean Walters we had Leonard Green who were uh Sean was like a red shirt sophomore uh Leonard Green was like a uh junior college transfer that okay. came in and so sometimes you don't get a chance to talk about what's going on inside so since I've graduated and no longer uh, have eligibility, <laughs> um, I was told that year we we came into camp and everybody was going to play full back in in '95 that 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 Rose Bowl year, the '95 year starting. We all came into camp and we was told everybody's going to play full back and tailback. 
And so after a week, it's like they say, oh, no, DeLon, we don't want you to uh, play fullback anymore. You're just going to tailback. So I was like, okay, that's a good thing. Right. And so each week, and then Sean Walters went from playing fullback and tailback to just tailback, Leonard Green also. So at the end of camp, I was told that we have guys that are seniors or juniors just trying to get recognized, get a look for the NFL. So you will be the third string running back. Oh, okay. Even though you were the best one, we want to get let them have their shine. So we was like, okay, it was kind of political. Place, it was so. political. I mean, yeah. and and, it, and it just just to give you you know the onlook on that. And then um, yeah, Sean Walters had his incident, and then um, Leonard Green had uh, I think he broke a his broke his foot or something, and so that's where it started for me that year. So again, I like to say I was not. The feature back, <laughs> at least going but into eventually, the season. But eventually, right. became it. Yeah. I became probably like the second or third game of the season. So, um, yeah, it was a great season. Um, you know, I had some memorable games. I had a chance to play with Keyshawn um, two years. Before that had to be fun, into, right? What was he like? It was fun. Uh, Key was a talker, and I, <laughs> and it was just like you don't say <laughs> it was a talker. So, but uh, you know, it was games that Key was. You could just go. Hear Key talking to the the cornerback the over here. And I'm like, Key, leave him alone. <laughs> you too short, guy. You you can't do this. I'm like, man, just come back to the huddle. But he was great. I mean, great teammate. Um uh outside of outside of the football, he was great. You know, we we had a relationship outside. So yeah, he was it was great. You know, I always tease him when I see him. Uh when I when I see him, he we have this where my check at, Key? Because we talked about just, you know, us going to the league and taking care of each other. So, right. yeah. And, and you uh, you played the the um, Cotton Bowl the year before, right? That was Texas Tech. So you must have had a I, bunch I was of able there. to play in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know, I went through that academic uh, challenge with my SAT, my ACT. And I reached, I had to retake the test again while playing and practicing, going to class. Oh, that's got to be a pain, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, you know, we went to the Cotton Bowl. I, if I, and then sometimes I regret that because I could have redshirted and had an extra year, and I could have been playing with Paul Hackett. <laughs> yeah, well, so maybe not a bad idea. Yeah, but they, but there would yeah, be a lot of Texas Tech people you knew, right, because they recruited you and stuff? Or? Yes. So that was, that was one of the things. It's like a catch-21, you know. It was like, you know, either you play, you get – you lose your, your 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 year, or you don't play, you get red shirted. So, but it was great. I had a great experience. Um, so that that ninety five year, you know, going to the Rose Bowl and stuff, but you had the disappointing uh, game against Notre Dame, and then <laughs> the following year, obviously some things aren't going well. Uh, at the time, USC's five and six. There was that forty eight forty one double overtime loss to UCLA in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Um, that, I mean, that had to be demoralizing. This is, you know, season not going the way you want. Lou Holtz comes in, you know, he's the, it's his last game. Uh, they got Ron Paulus, uh, yes. quarterback. Uh, Audrey you know, the, Denson. Yeah. Uh, you guys had Sammy Knight, Brad Otten, you know, Mark Cassano, another Texas guy. Darrell um, Russell. 
Darrell. Oh yeah, Darrell uh, Russell, George Perry, William La- uh, Will Laurie. Uh, we have some great, a lot of guys. Yeah, Brian and, Kelly. Know, yeah, Notre Dame's eight and two at the time, ranked number ten, and they're trying to get to a New Year's bowl. And you know, it's you know, I think <laughs> Lou Holtz was nine zero and one against USC in his yes career. Uh, things are not looking. You know, it's not, it's, it's not good. And, and 13 years in a row, not having beat Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the locker room was like before that game, but it couldn't have been, you know, you guys couldn't have been riding high. Uh, I must say it like this, any given Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Anything is possible. Um, you know, we was, we was, we was, as we would say at the time, we we were hyped. They, I think they say turned up now, whatever. But we was hyped and we just felt like we we had the better team. We had we had really? got yeah. We felt we had a better team. I mean, throughout the whole season, we had a better team. We just didn't execute. We made mistakes and we wasn't consistent. And then that's and I'm and I'm just taking that not just from me, but it's just we wasn't consistent. Uh, you know, there are certain things that I tell people. You know, coaches can do. Coaches can prepare you through the week, but you got to go out there as a player and execute. So. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes and you know some games that we lost that year that we should have won so um and that's and it's still today you know games you know teams could be ranked and just on that Saturday or now Thursday or Friday night they can play and just have minor mistakes that can lose the game yeah so yeah and we just knew we was better than those. So you had confidence. All right. Well, that's. I mean, it did, all everything I said doesn't sound like there would be a lot of confidence. I know the fans didn't have a lot of confidence. No, they didn't. You, I mean, I don't know if anyone did, but you. I mean, you guys did, which is amazing. And then to be down, you know, eight points late in the game, and that's when you kind of took over. Maybe if you want to kind of explain what was happening up to that point, and then what you know that that sequence was like when you score the touchdown and the two point conversion to, to tie things up and make everyone go crazy. So, so you, as a person that's sitting in the stands or watching it on TV, you don't get a chance to hear what's going on on the sideline and what's going on on the field. I was kind of going into the fourth quarter quarter. It was like Sean, Sean Walters and I was sharing time. So he have, Maybe two or three series. I have two or three series, and you know, it, everybody say uh, you have the Reggie Bush and the Lindell, the Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, it was Sean Walters and Delon Washington at one time. But looking back, it was a great plan uh, because you had the Sean Walters who was abuse, uh, uh, a finesse type of running back but he was a big running back. Yeah. back in, was he like 225 or how big was, man, do you remember? He, was he bigger I think, than that? I think Sean was a little bit bigger than that. He was bigger than that? Okay. <laughs> he was about on what he ate that day. Yeah, yeah it on what he ate that day. Uh, but yeah, you had Sean who, you know, he come in and he can run through the tackles and, you know, bore that shoulder down and stuff. And I, myself, more uh, a finesse, you know, uh a little bit of scat back. I can go in through the tackles here and there and stuff like that. I wasn't a big. I was probably probably one ninety five. Okay. So, uh, I under, you know, looking back, I understand what you know Mike Riley was trying to do. Um, it was the fourth quarter. Uh, Brad Iden uh, was had came back, returned back from the game, and I think Brad had uh, hurt himself. Uh, had a hurt his spleen or something, and so he returned, and so Brad was like, "Let's." Let's just do this 
do this on this drive and get this game into overtime. Um, and first thing he said, Delon, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm good. We we can run it. We can run it. So he's like, you about to get this ball? And I was like, okay, because I already I was already upset because it was like taking me out. I'm you, a lot of people don't understand. A running back has to get into rhythm, and sometimes you have a running back that's gonna might come out and he's in that rhythm already. But in this game, I was like, I just had a nice couple of runs. Now you're taking me out, right? And I was like, give me just just let me stay in the game and give me the ball. So on the sideline, I was like, just give me the ball, man. Let me get this rhythm going. And so eventually, I guess it clicked like two minutes. Mike Riley and John was like, give him the ball and, uh, you know, see what, what happens. So on those plays, I think we did a couple of counter plays, um, you know, uh, zone plays. And we rushed down the field and – we did a counter a counter. I think that last play was a counter counter to the right. And I kind of ran up in no, actually it was a counter to the left and I ran up into the uh that first touchdown was counter left. And I ran off the left side and scored. And um, you know, I was like, Yeah, they, y'all should have been giving me this ball the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> so and then a lot of people don't know, I don't know if you know, Ryan, is that I ran from the end zone all the way down to Almost the tunnel, like yelling at the fans, like they should have been giving me the ball the whole game. But um, it was it, it was like an excitement, you know. You get tunnel vision. You, you you're hurting. You're you're tired, but you dig deep inside you and you keep going, keep going. Like I'm tired, but I have to do this. And it's like I tell people, like when you when you're with a group as a team sport versus an individual. You're doing it individually for yourself. Yeah. But when you're as a, on a team and you're playing with a team, you're kind of doing it for everybody. So you don't want to disappoint everyone. So that 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 makes it 2018, I believe, at the time. Was it makes that right? it 20, 2018, yes. Yeah. And then, 2018. so you're going crazy. You're telling people, hey, man, I should be getting <laughs> you the ball be, more. <laughs> Were you lobbying at this point to also get the two point conversion? I was like, just give me the ball. <laughs> and I think I ran, like I say, I ran all the way down. And I and then I see John and I'm like get back over here, get back over here. <laughs> and so they called and said we're gonna go for the two point. And I was like, huh? And so yeah, I there go out a couple minutes. I don't remember. Is there a couple minutes left in the game? It's pretty. Yeah, was it yeah, it was okay, a couple yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh man, we're gonna go for this two. And then I think I was caught myself. And I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brad. Brad and I didn't know the play, you know. I was sitting in the huddle, and then Brad Iden comes in and say, "Hey, Delon, it's going to you." I was like, "Are you?" I'm thinking to myself, "Are you, are you serious?" <laughs> Wait, you just ran? <laughs> <laughs> I just ran all the way down to the field. So I kind of uh, tiptoed in, a, and if you look at it, I tiptoed into the end zone and was hoping that we made I made the touchdown. So yeah, I think I. Barely got the ball over, so He's crossing the line. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it, it was you know, and I think I was like, yeah, I'm tired, but yeah, they should have been giving me the ball. But. Yeah, what? So I mean, you had confidence going into the game. It didn't. It looked pretty bleak for a while, but then once the game is tied, is like is the, the sideline change. Like, what, did it you did. Guys know you're going to win at that point. Or? It did. I mean, you work on all these plays during the weekend. Now you got to pull pull the plays that you haven't been using out so 
the defense played a great game. That's who kept us in the game again. Uh, like I say, we made a lot of mistakes during the season. Now here's the thing that you try to come out. We just played UCLA, lost to them, and over time we should have won that game. Uh, it was like we're here. We are at 2018. Now we're at 20. I think it was uh, actually was it 2020 or it was 2018? Because we 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 won a game. What 22 to 27 20. 27 20. So, yeah, so, I think you guys so Rodney Sermons came in and scored that last touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean the defense that was an overtime great. touchdown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the defense was great. I mean, um, you know, Marcus Sano made a great play. Yeah. So uh, that was the fourth down. He knocks the ball away, yes. and yes. Uh, you know, that's kind of what people remember. And that's why I thought it was great at the the dinner that last week that you should have been that there. they talked about you <laughs> because, like, you know. You scored those final eight points to tie the game, but right. everyone remembers Cassano, like, because it was the final play, knocking Palace's pass away. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, you know, I give it to him. Hey, he, that was, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have, he could have, they could have scored, the, they could have uh, made a pass on that. The receiver could have caught the pass. They could have kicked the field goal. We never know. But I mean, he had, that was a great play. Uh, Sam Knight did a great job during that game, also. Uh, you know, doing a lot of strips and knocking the ball out, you know. And Alla Rossum, who was uh, their cornerback and uh, kick returner, punt returner, <clears throat> he made some uh, errors where he fumbled the ball okay. and stuff. So uh, we they, they, they did a great job. I mean, defense wins games. <laughs> yeah. Defense wins game. And and, I, and that's, that's pretty much what happened in the 96 with the Notre Dame game. What was it like uh, – afterwards because i mean you know all throughout my college career i went you know i was at sc for six years uh never saw them beat <laughs> notre dame um you know the the ucla went on a streak too and so there right. was some bad stuff going on so to get that win i don't know if you felt like especially with a you know a, a, the, the not a great season at the time like this was a good way to kind of end it but what, what was it like you know after winning that game it was that night was great. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I'm sure we all, you know, <laughs> hung out and celebrated. But excuse me, the next day was like, you know, where we're at with John Robinson. Okay. So it's kind of like we're going to enjoy this night. We're going to enjoy this game, winning game. But tomorrow we got to see where we're at, you know, if, you know, John Robinson is going to still be here. So eventually he was, you know, Mike Garrett made a decision to keep him for the next year. Yeah. Uh, we changed, I think we changed offensive coordinators that year. We yeah, got Mike, Mike Riley was out. I think. And then yeah. Hugh Jackson came in. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was only there, I think he was there one year, right? He or? was there probably two years. Oh, did he go two I, years? Yeah. yeah, I think he was with Paul Hackett. Oh, he did one year with Paul. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Probably should have done some research. We just, you know, it's early in the morning. We're just sitting down chatting. I'm like trying to remember. Like, what did I remember about that? Year? <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that because you know that year uh, going into the spring for NFL, uh, the NFL trials and all that stuff. Pat, Paul, Paul was kind of. Uh, I don't know if it was Paul, but I think the only guys they really let when they, when they had the pro day at SC, the only guys that they let on the field to work out was like Daryl Russell. Brian Kelly, 
Really? Yeah. See, people don't know that. I mean, we we kind of the stepchildren out there. When John, when John, uh, they fired John. From you know, from with the answering machine, like, the, like yeah, <laughs> exactly. For what did I hear, he did you guys talk about that? Like, you know what? Was... I, I've never talked about that because you know I did some. Uh, I did. I think it was last year. I did a uh, Notre Dame talk with John at uh, at Heritage Hall, but we never. I mean, we never talk about you know how he. You know, he eventually went to UNLV. So yeah, but, but it was weird. So if you don't remember, like Mike Garrett. You know, had called John Robinson to fire him and left him a left a message a message on his answering machine. So hey, the, I, that's what they say. So that was the weird firing until like the tarmac. You know, like the, <laughs> right. So that kind of like probably John Robinson and Mike Garrett are happy that the tarmac happened because right. it's not the weirdest firing. In exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, I mean, I've had my you know share of uh, moments with Mike Garrett too. So. Uh, I had the but, opportunity. But so Paul Hackett wasn't letting all of the seniors or all of the yes run of the pro day. They locked the gate on us. What the? That makes no sense. Yeah, that's what we said. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're sitting out that's here. The, that's the whole point of the pro day. Like, yes, we're sitting out here. We're talking to all the scouts that's out there, and and they were like, "Okay, we would love to see some of you guys practice. You know, work out." And the, and the next thing we know, it's like. They only want to see Daryl Russell, huh. Brian Kelly. I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's my memory of Paul Hackett and his crew. Well, there's not like people don't even like USC fans don't even like to mention <laughs> his name. Um, the, the funniest quote from him I loved, like, so he lasts three years, gets fired, and then Pete Carroll wins the Orange Bowl his second year, and Paul Hackett, the, I, I'll paraphrase, but it was something along the lines, like, I came in with a five-year plan, Man. and they won the Rose Bowl in year five. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why. Like, the, the groundwork you set. Right. Is now, bringing in Troy Palomalo and, and Carson Palmer, like, you know, it's USC, but it was not going in that direction with yes. Paul Hackett. So, yes. Yeah, and, I mean, and stupid stuff like that is the reason why I come in. And I remember he was like the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, so he didn't get in yes. the program until later. Yes, because so he, he had to be one of the first things he did was like block you guys from, yes, <laughs> from Pro Day. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I still remember that. People say, Hi, you guys. I was like, Man, I, you know, I wanted to work out. You know, I had a chance to go to the NFL combine and work out, but other, you know, Scouts wanted to see us work out, but they was like, no. Well, we'll talk about your post-USC uh, career in a minute. Well, I mean, this has gone way longer than I thought, so I appreciate you spending no the problem. time. Um, but the just overall, since it's Notre Dame week for USC fans, from the players' perspective, I love talking to former players about the importance of this game. We used to have Jeff Kopp, the former linebacker. Um, talk, do you remember him? Yes, yeah, he, he was... was he, he, was, he was a little before your time, I think. No, right? he was there. Was he there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. him and Tony Baselli. You know, Bacelli. yeah. So Bacelli. Copper was like he was one of the first like columnists that we had at uscfootball.com. He would do like the cop files, and he would write about coming out of the tunnel. You know how passionate he was and everything. But I always, it's always like he's kind of inspired me to always, when you talk to former players, get their opinion on the Notre Dame game. So I wanted to kind of get you to talk about what it means to you. You know, then. You know, post career now, all of that. So, I came to USC for a reason. I came to USC because of the tradition uh, that I learned over the, the the time from my recruiting all the way until I graduated. Uh, great tradition. 
we're family regardless of where we at. If we're in Texas, if we're in Florida, if we're in New York, you have SC family. Notre Dame. (laughs) I have friends that play for Notre Dame. And, you know, you, you run into them guys and you like, you know what? We're still bashing your heads in. So it gives us a bragging right, not just only in L.A., over the United States or in over the seas, you get a chance to brag about SC beating Notre Dame. So keeping the streak going, hopefully we can we can get it done. Um, you may not know we do have a couple of uh, well, one Trojan that's coaching over there. So, <laughs> but like I tell him, I say, hey, I'm on I'm 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 on the SC side this game. So. You have a friend that's coaching at Notre Dame? Or? Yeah, Delvon Alexander used to play uh, receiver at USC. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. he's he's over there coaching the receivers. So, you know, I talk to him time to time. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it, it's, 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 it's a tradition for us. We have to win this game to keep the streak going, to keep the tradition going, to keep the bragging rights going. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well stated. All right. Um, so, I, you know, you're still living uh, Southern California now. Still you know, here. Kids, maybe you kind of give an update of what, you know, maybe right after college and then kind of what you're doing now and your reasons why you wanted to stay here in Southern California. Wow. That's a lot. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. No. <laughs> uh, so I graduated in 98. Uh, one of the things that I've kind of been, you know, working with SC – um, when I graduated, you focus so much on, you know, working out, you know, getting to the next level to the NFL and it doesn't work out for you. I think, uh, I, I spent about a year trying to work out for different teams and, you know, CFL, XFL, spring football, oh, XFL, yeah, and, you know, the arena, and some, you know, I, I had a chance to go over to uh, CFL and play with uh, Stampeders like a couple of games, and you know, they released me because of um, you know the numbers game over here. So I just came back to LA and it's like, you know what? I have a, a daughter out here, and I'm gonna stay out here and make sure she has a father, and also, but you know, a network of SC Trojans are here, so. Let me figure out what I want to do. That's the thing that I kind of work with some some student athletes about trying to figure out the transition from from college uh, sports to you know work the work workforce yeah, like real world. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of you, you you focus so much on trying to do one thing now you got to switch it over. So uh, I work with a couple of people at the time trying to figure out like. Major roster. I, I kind of sat down with him when I came back, and he was like, "You know, I think I was bitter at the time when I came back from Canada, and I was trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. I got this degree. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I started working for some uh, nonprofit organizations, working with at-risk kids, but also I was working. Uh, Major roster got me uh, into doing acting and and, and uh, commercials and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. I think that's very cool. Yeah, you know, you also look at that when you're coming out to LA. You know, the glamour of being a superstar. I mean, there's a huge tradition of USC football players in Hollywood. I mean, 
you know, like exactly there's big names, <laughs> right? You know, like the Duke and stuff, but you know, like John Wayne, yeah. But there's been a lot, right. and uh, like uh, Alan Graff, and, Alan Graff, and, hanging out with him, yeah, he really, yeah. yeah. So he's a big. He runs this kind of organization where they have a lot. Of, if you need big athletic exactly. guys in your movies, there are a lot of former football players. Exactly. His son Derek, yes, uh, is uh, was okay. Yeah. One of the great. He used to come to practice when Kevin was uh, Kevin Graff, like who's mm-hmm. the, one of the tackles for USC. Right. And I knew Derek from before, but uh, was Derek, he was a little after you? After or, me. Yeah, he was after you. One of my favorite movies, and they're coming. the sequel's coming out actually this week, uh, Zombieland. Derek was the big clown at the, like when, when the, I forget the name of the actor. Who's, and he took off on that. And yeah. we've did some stuff with, I did some stuff with him. And I'm like, Dude, Oh really? Yeah. That's good. I, I mean, Alan, you know, Graf, I, I mean, I, like I said, Mazio got me into it. Mazio kind of took me and he, he said, man, you know, you got to use your, your network system with SC. He said, you gave them, you, 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 you play, you blood, you bled, you sweated for them for four years, you know, use your, use your network. You know, he said, you can't sit around here and be bitter. It's the reason why you came to school Yeah, here at SC, because it's a network system and it's a family. So he kind of changed my mind frame when I came back from Canada and was trying to figure out which way to go. So I did the acting thing for maybe three, four years and decided to go back and get my master's in social work. And so from from 90, from 2004, I actually, 2004 to 2007, I actually uh did a three year program, but in the meantime I actually worked in the USC athletic department. Oh, I didn't even know. In the administrative okay. side, yeah. Under uh Mike Garrett and uh some of the uh marketing, corporate sponsorship and stuff like that. So uh during that time I kinda did whatever that was needed to be done, if it's working games, if it's working doing doing tours for the Galen Arena. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a chance to uh, give the Galen family a tour okay. of the Galen Arena before they put the roof on. And I have a funny story. One of the grandkids, I was giving a tour and telling them, uh, this is where the big, jum- the big Jumbotron is going to go in the middle and the floors and da-da-da-da. And so one of the kids I hear the is this where our inheritance is going? <laughs> so that's was, awesome, right? So I was like, "Wow, uh, inheritance! I wish I had inheritance." Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I think there's a picture of them. Like, there's probably the whole family picture of them. Is that so, right? I think uh, I, it might be in Tim Teslone's office. Um, I think it's uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. I thought it was the Galens, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a chance to do that. Uh, you know, work the basketball, football some of the baseball. So, you know, just get a chance. We we as athletes, we all we see is the sports side. We don't get the chance to see the it's a business side. Yeah. of how the administration is functioned. And I had an opportunity to do that, you know, interact with some people uh professionally, you know, besides being a a a, a student athlete. Uh so I did that up until 2007 and um I had to give uh, some hours back to the L.A. County. My plan was to only give those a, a year or two to L.A. County, but I'm still there going on 13 years. <laughs> 13 years, wow. Yeah, and I currently work with the L.A. County Department of Mental Health where we oversee uh, a number of contracts from uh, program development, funding, and budgets and stuff like that. And um, 
I also teach at Cal State LA in the social work department part-time. So uh, that's pretty much what I do right now. And majority of the time it's the weekends is tied up with kids. Yeah. You said your nine-year-old plays in baseball. Plays baseball. Maybe a little hockey. Maybe a little hockey. <laughs> maybe soccer if he wants to. But yeah, majority of the time it's hockey and uh, baseball. So yeah. we we talked about this offline. But it's, you weren't discouraging him from playing football. Just you'd let no. him do what he would want. Or no, I mean he's mentioned flag football a few times. Uh, you know, and again, you know, uh, people don't know that. Majority of the time, kids are kind of influenced, or, or I would say the competitiveness of a kid is dealing with friends. So if a friend is playing football or a friend yeah. is playing hockey or... Johnny's playing football. I want to play football. Play, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I think the flag football was like, hey, one of my friends, Benny, he's playing flag football. I may, I may think about going out there. Okay, well, let me know. You know, so do I'm they not know pushing. like you played? Like, do they know like that stuff? Like, I mean, you didn't even know how good you were in high school, but I don't know. Like, do they even know? Like, hey, man, you, you beat Notre Dame. Well, <laughs> my oldest, I have a 23 year old. Oh wow! Okay, she knows. Okay, well, she was around that around that time yeah, exactly, yeah. and she actually was going to grad school computer labs with me too. So she knows, but. Uh, my six-year-old, I think she's going to be more a sports, uh, maybe she may be a lawyer, wow. okay, <laughs> a, a, an agent or something. I don't know. But she's more uh, talkative, like, Dad, Daddy played football for USC. <laughs> like, well, let me show me some of your games there. Now, my son, he'd be like, whatever. Like, uh, okay, it was you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> It's all about me. Like it's so, up on YouTube, man. Right, yeah, right. exactly. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. But he's like, it's all about me, though. So he's, you know, he, he plays baseball, and I think he does great in baseball, you know. So I hear, hear people be like, oh, he's good. I was like, yeah, he's okay. Nice. He's okay. But, yeah. So that's what I'm doing now, you know, and, you know, try to stay connected with USC, you know, talk to some of the uh, administrators over there just to, you know, keep my connections and, you know, just in case maybe one day I want to leave the county and go work at it. SC. <laughs> no, yeah, you could do that. You already were there before, but 13 years to the county. Crazy. And, uh, but I mean, congrats on all the success. It's amazing well, you got, you know, it. you came out, you you know, you talked about your parents not having a lot of education going exactly. on, get your degree, go, you know, getting back and getting your master's. And, uh, I'm not the smartest now, Ryan, but it, hey, you know, it's like, none of you us. know, <laughs> I tell people I'm not the smartest, but you know, if you show me how to do things, we can, I, I can, I can. I mean, it just, I think, uh, when I got my master's, it was more just like I just graduated and, and work was paying for it. I was working as an engineer and work would pay for it. Engineer. But it was like, yeah, see, you wanted to do that. I was, I started computer uh, engineering. I was electrical engineering. I ended up it, but, and yeah, now I do this, which is crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but it was more just like you have to kind of put in the work. Like you, know, you might not be the smartest guy in the world, or whatever. But you like, there's some people like ah, that's too much work, and so and see, that's what I was told. Yeah, it's like do something that you don't have to do too much. You have <laughs> too much over here. You have practice. Then that, you have to go to class. It would be impossible to do like. Cause it, it was so much work for us as engineers. Like my roommate was like kinesiology major or something. And I, you know, I worked twice as much as him, 
but you guys have a full-time job yeah. that you wouldn't have been able to succeed because there's just no time in the, you know, there's not enough time in the day, which I mean, it sucks because there's, I know there's football players that wanted to do yes. some more demanding majors. I think, uh, uh, Lawrence Jackson came in here. He talked about that too. When he, you know, he's well after you guys, but you know, they they directed him to. He wanted to be like philosophy, and they like they. I mean, there was things that he wanted to do, and it's just like that's too much work. Yeah. I think Alex Holmes might do the same thing, but it's and it sucks. But you probably wouldn't have been successful because it's so much time. Is that? What, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, we, maybe we, not. But, you know, I look at you know uh, what's the guy. Uh, that play from Miami was it Miami or Florida State? Uh, oh, uh, Marlon Roll. Marlon Roll. Yeah, yeah. The, Bruce, the, our friend Bruce Feldman's like followed his story quite a bit. Yeah, but he's yeah. he's like a Rhodes Scholar or something, right? Like Oxford or I forget what it was, but something yeah, crazy. Yeah. So like that. I don't know if he were deterred to do those undergrad, maybe graduate school he was able to do it, but I don't know how he. I mean, undergrad you you get your 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 prereqs out the way yeah. and all that. So I, it's it's just you know you look at stuff and say hey what if I would have did this at that time, but you know again my, my parents when my mother when I signed the dotted line to go to USC my my mom told me she said these are your new parents now <laughs> that's, that's good advice yeah yeah these are your new parents and pretty much for four years you have to answer to them yeah. Interesting, yeah. If it's that far, you're that far from home. It's gonna be, yeah. You're gonna have to rely on different, you know, parental figures, obviously, coaches and. Yes, and again, that's why we come back and say, you know, I was looking for a minority coach there that could, um, and I, I tell all the kids, I work with some families about recruiting process, just so they can have somebody that looks like them, that they can relate to. And it's and it's it's just just part of having somebody to be be able to look at and say, hey, this person is here, and I'm able to do something, or this person be able to relate to what I'm going through, yeah. especially with the transition of leaving home. And it depends on we talk about uh, single family parents, uh, uh, homes that kids come out of, and you talk about coming from a, a, a structured family. A lot of times people who go into the military, you go into the military to get some kind of structure. Oh, yeah? You go to you college. Get, you get it in spades. You get <laughs> spades. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like you go into college, where is the structure at? It's different. I mean, even going from like high school where you have like, you start at 8 in the morning, you end at 3, and it's like class, 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 class. Exactly. In college, it's like, I'm like, wait. You get to go like have an you got a break. class, and then I'm not going until two or something. Like, what is so? Where is the? What do you, you do know, in between? Like, yes, yeah. So you know, uh, we I talk to you know kids and their parents about stuff. The issue I have nowadays is this transfer portal. Um, setting the kids up for failure. Me personally, I, this is my personal opinion about it. It's setting them up for failure because they don't get a chance to deal with the. Uh, the competitiveness of working things out yeah. with people. Uh, you know, you have to go through things to come out on the back end and see how, because life is not going to be fair and you're going to have things that's going to not go your way. 
and how do you how do you run away from? Because it sounds like that's what we're doing now. Is yeah. we have the transfer portal, and now we run away from it. We go over here if it doesn't work work out. Do I go to somewhere else? Do you get in the transfer right. portal? So I don't know how you feel about it. So I know no, you. No, it's. I mean, I think they got to tweak the rules. I'm always pro 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 player as far as giving opportunities, but right. You have to change the rules somehow because there's too many people in the portal with no place to go because there's no initial scholarships exactly. left. Exactly. And a, a place like Illinois recruited that. Like they left spots open to get people Dude, in. Yeah. And they got three USC guys, uh, two receivers and a. The and Sydney, a, right? They yeah, got Trayvon Sydney and uh, Josh Metrobebe and Olawale uh, Batiku. And uh, they're all there and doing well. They're all doing well. Uh, but they kind of set that up where there's other guys that are in the portal. If you're Justin Fields or. Tay Martell or whatever, like you're going to find a spot, but right. not everybody's like that. Right. And uh, you got a guy like Achille Ross, who's a former four-star safety, who was probably going to start for USC, and he yeah. ends up going to UTEP. You know, so there's this. It works out for certain people, and you know, again, I I don't know. It, it's 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 trickle it's trickled down to the high schools, and you know, all people want to transfer in high school. Too. Yeah, so I mean. We're setting our kids up for for you know failure and for adversity. Yeah. You know how do we how kids deal with adversity? You know because I never would have. I, I'm telling my my wife now is like you know if my kid goes to one school, that's the school that they're gonna finish yeah. at, and that's just me. It is. It's weird. Like you're kind of sheltering, you know, kids a lot. Um, I mean, you know, when I was playing baseball or whatever growing up, if we didn't win, I didn't get a trophy. You, you know, didn't like, get a trophy. It's like, that sucks. But like, you learn like, damn, I want that trophy. <laughs> I, I, so now I'm on off season. I'm going to work hard <laughs> to try to get this trophy. Yeah. You know, I hear, I, I talked to, uh, not talk, but I was looking at um, Reggie Bush last night talk about uh, Chris McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Yeah, and he was saying how when he first met him, he met him on a vacation and the Caffrey boys was working out. So it's kind of on vacation, it's like they just bred it and breathe, slept, wake up, work out. And that's what they're doing now. I mean, Benefit is that your father was a NFL player. You got to go to the training camps and practice and stuff right, like that. Yeah. You got a chance to see that, but you have to put the work in. And some guys don't want to put the work in. Yeah. I mean, it helps like having your dad go through it. Like, just if you're, you know, like I was the first person in my family to go to college. Like, I, I, were you as well? Yeah. But in my immediate family? Yeah. To go to college and finish. Yes. Yeah. And, but if you, you know, sometimes your kids will come in and their parents were professors and they're, you know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't mean you can, it's not a huge advantage, but it definitely helps. You know, they know the process, they know all that kind of stuff where you're kind of tripping through things you're on your own. Exactly. I mean, you know, uh, again, uh, the transition, you know, I kind of work with families, uh, work with a couple of people at SC in the social work department on, you know, we're, we're trying to get a, Sports and social work curriculum going over there. Oh, neat. Okay. And a part of it is because, you know, you have a lot of student athletes. And it's, you know, and it's because I had that experience, that transition from high school to college and then college to 
the real world that those guys that don't, are those girls that don't transition into the professional field. Now they have to figure out their niche. Yeah. You know, what do I do? What's, what am I good at? You know, um, and it's kind of hard and it's kind of depressing. So, and that's the biggest thing that you run into. Uh, you know, we, are, we, we got a free education. Uh, I, I think the kids nowadays are getting a bit more money. I think we was getting six forty three a month. <laughs> yeah. When I was at SC between that 94 and that 96. Yeah, they got a few grand, I think, or something See, now, we were, I believe. I mean, through grand, I would say, if I was getting that when I was at SC, it would be great. Uh, <laughs> it might be more soon. Like, might that's, be. And that's what I was having a conversation last night with, with some of my students. It's like, when I was there, it was 643. I said, you're getting almost $2,000. And then for those that qualify for Pell Grants, if they're still doing the Pell Grant thing, then that's extra money for them. Yeah. You know, and, you know, back then we, SC wouldn't buy the book, but, you know, you have schools like Miami that was giving everybody <laughs> a Pell Grant. Uh, so that's the thing that you kind of, you know, look at. And I think we was talking about this last night with one of my coworkers, and she's a former uh, basketball player. And she was like, if they do this, how do they divvy the money up for as a person that is a first or second string uh, player or those that don't go to the professional sports, those that graduate, those that uh, have injuries later on in life? How do you do like for as insurance, medical insurance and things? Same thing that's going on in the NFL. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of these players, they play three or four years, they get the – you know, uh, retirement, but the medic, the medical part is what you're talking about when you talk about the NFL. So those are the things that you, you look at, you know, about money, them taking money and eating. And I think they get uh, education. Everybody always say free education. They get a free education out of it. So they should be happy. Yeah, you get a little more than that. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm just saying that's what the people I used to hear people they say, oh, they don't need to get paid because they get a free education. I said, yeah, but you know, people have to live, and you know, you know, you have junior college players that come in that, and when we're just talking about football, I'm not talking about uh, tennis, and it depends on who's bringing money in. You have Alabama, who have all these sports. But Alabama football is bringing the majority of the money in yeah. at their schools. So they're paying for pretty much all the other sports. And then you have certain programs like Duke, whose basketball team is pretty much – and then now the football team is doing well. They're doing so pretty good, yeah. So it's extra money. Then you go over to Notre Dame this week, who has – in their independent – but with basketball, they're with, with the, the big – The team, ACC. ACC. Yeah. So – they have to figure. I say it's a lot of things going into that because you have ACC TV money and they're independent in football. So it's a lot of things that you have to look at when you start talking about paying the student athletes. Yeah, so it's a lot of things. that NBC contract's pretty good for Notre Dame. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this I thought this was going to be about twenty minutes, and we were an hour and ten or so. So man. I do appreciate your. Uh, I appreciate time. it, man. No, I this has been awesome. I want to definitely have you on again. It's it's, it's always Most great definitely. to see former players, especially you know, players that have a significant role in USC football history, like you had. But then you know, doing great things afterwards, and what you've you know, 
like working my for the pleasure. county for 13 years. So we appreciate that. No, uh, my pleasure. I yeah, I'm sure it. the fans are going to love uh, to hear it. I was so the whole plan. This was going to be part of a Notre Dame preview podcast, but this is way too long. So this is going to be its own. <laughs> so I'll do an introduction at the beginning. So uh, yeah, so this will be its own. We'll have our Delon Washington uh, podcast. Oh, well, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I mean, <laughs> it's always good to come out and just you know talk about my experience. I mean, it's good. It was great. We'd love to have you on again. Make you know if you're checking the team out, we'll get your kind of thoughts on Most what's definitely. going on there. There could be some similar things with you know, <laughs> like yeah, there's always weird stuff going on. You know, it's yeah, USC. we got some good players. All um, right, do you, is there any social media stuff you want people to follow you on or anything? Or? No, I'm not too much. I'm still kind of learning. <laughs> we'll get you on Twitter. We'll get you on one of those. Oh, Twitter. Okay. okay. We'll get okay. you doing that. Yeah. Tweeting some stuff. All right. Delon Washington. Uh, thanks so much for coming to the studio. Thanks My pleasure. For all the Thank you, Ryan, for having me. All right. And everyone else, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. It was a great conversation with uh, former Trojan tailback Delon Washington. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. We'll do a, a Notre Dame preview podcast, but we're going to do that separately now because this one was too long and it was too good. So uh, just I, this is going to be a standalone now. So thanks for tuning in and uh, we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.